Welcome to Legally 40-ish. I am Natasha Axelrod. And I am Allegra Rainier. We are two 40-ish attorneys and friends. Allegra loves celebrity gossip and reality TV. I love government and constitutional law. And every Monday, we break down legal issues in pop culture and politics in 40-ish minutes. We hope to show you that the law can be fun and even funny. Welcome back to another episode of Legally 40-ish. This is Allegra, and today is a different episode. Um, It'll be basically kind of a half episode. I am recording solo today because Natasha is on vacation, and I couldn't really let the week go by without talking about Britney Spears. Obviously, this is the biggest, you know, clash of pop culture and the law, so figured I would just record something quickly and um, hopefully I can talk for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes and not be incredibly boring. But I just really wanted the opportunity to talk about what's been going on and share a little legal insight. Um, So with that, we'll get started. So I wanted to start by giving a little bit of legal background into California law kind of the conservatorship process, um, just so people have a better understanding of, you know, that side of things. We all heard from Brittany last week. It was kind of the first time in this entire process that she's spoken publicly about the conservatorship and her thoughts and feelings. So I don't really need to go into that because I feel like everyone has pretty much covered that. And if you're listening here, you probably already have heard most of what she spoke about. So I don't think that's super necessary. But I will go over the conservatorship process. Um, so in California, and again, I'm a California attorney. That's what we do here. But, so I'm not sure about other states. And Brittany's conservatorship was established in California, um, in L.A. So in California, a court may appoint a conservator for someone who is unable to provide properly for his or her personal needs, for physical health, food, clothing, or shelter. And there's two types of conservators. So you can have a conservator of the estate, and that's a person who is appointed by the judge to manage the financial affairs of the person. So we call that the conservatee. So Brittany would be the conservatee. And then there's a conservator of the person, and that's someone who's appointed by the judge for the personal care and protection of another person. And the conservator of the person is responsible for making sure that the conservatee's physical health, food, clothing, shelter, safety, comfort, recreation, and social needs are met. And the goal is to provide the best quality of life possible for the conservatee. So with that background, I'll just briefly describe the conservatorship process. The first step of the conservatorship is to file a petition for temporary and permanent appointment of conservator of the person and or state. And with this filing, um, the attorney files a doctor's capacity declaration. And what that is, capacity is really just um, someone's mental competency to perform some sort of act. So what a the what the capacity declaration is, it's a doctor who performs an examination and fills out a form under penalty of perjury that the, that the person has capacity or does not have capacity. And um, based on that declaration, the court will enter a temporary conservator and then set an appointment for a permanent. And the way that a permanent 
conservatorship is established is through something called a 730 exam. And that 730 exam is performed by a medical professional, generally a mental health professional. And um, in Brittany's case, that 730 exam was performed initially in 2008. And once again, early in 2009, it appears from the court docket. Those documents are filed under seal, meaning we can't get any access to them, which makes sense because she does have um, privacy rights, you know, in her healthcare information, just as we all do. So while we don't know the actual results of the that exam, that 730 exam, um, apparently the petition that was filed has to list the reason for the conservatorship. And from what I've heard, I have not seen the petition, but I was told by someone familiar with the case that um, Brittany's mental capacity was diminished by alleged drug use. So that's, apparently that's what the petition said. Again, I don't have any information about that to be sure, but if the 730 exam revealed that her mental capacity was diminished or somewhat impaired because of drug use, I think that's relevant to uh, her mental state now because if she hasn't been using drugs, which she has been apparently being drug tested weekly, um, then likely her mental health and her mental status has changed if she's no longer under the influence of any sort of drug. So um, with that 730 exam, the conservatorship is established. When I originally said that the court can appoint a conservator of the estate and a conservator of the person. In Brittany's case, both of those things happened. In January 2009, Jamie, Brittany's dad, was appointed the permanent conservator of the person and the estate. And he remained in that role until 2020 when Jody Montgomery was appointed temporary co-conservator of the estate and then conservator of the person. So Jamie was removed as conservator of the person. In addition to um, the conservators, Brittany was appointed court-appointed counsel. And that guy's name is Sam Ingham. And he has been her court-appointed counsel since the beginning of the conservatorship. And his job is to advocate on behalf of Brittany. His job is to advise her of her rights and to make sure that she is heard throughout this entire process. Now, in addition to Jamie Spears, Brittany's dad, who was appointed conservator of the estate and of the person, and her court-appointed counsel, um, there are other people involved, lots of other people involved with this conservatorship. You have the attorney for the conservator, so Jamie Spears' attorney or attorneys, plural. You have a trustee, of a trust, which I believe in this case is Jamie Lynn Spears, her sister. And then you have counsel for the trustee. So you have another attorney there. Um, and this is kind of where I think, you know, some of those conspiracy theories come into play, which may not be su such big conspiracy theories. They may be based in some fact because the conservatee, so Brittany herself and her estate, are responsible for paying every single person that I just mentioned. Her court-appointed counsel, her conservators, her trustees, the attorneys for all of those people. So the attorney for the trustee, attorney for the conservator. All of those people are on what I would say is the payroll for this conservatorship. So you have 
a ton of people making a ton of money off of this conservatorship. So while everyone is supposed to be acting in Britney's best interest, at the end of the day, all of them make money so long as this conservatorship still exists. So you can take that information and make whatever inferences you want, but I think it's pretty obvious that it seems kind of um, like a conflict of interest there to say that we're, we're acting in her best interest and this conservatorship's in her best interest, all the while you're making probably millions of dollars off of this conservatorship. Something else that's super important to know about conservatorships, um, at least here in California, is that there's no like ongoing review of the conservatorship. So like I said before, that 7.30 exam was done back in 2008. There has not been another 7.30 exam since early 2009. So whatever her, like the, the court has no authority to terminate the conservatorship, to modify it, unless a petition is filed with the court asking for that to happen. The court has no uh, authority to just say, you know what, I think she seems like she should be able to be just fine without a conservatorship in place. Um, which I think is kind of crazy. I thought there was some sort of ongoing supervision by the court in terms of like whether or not this should actually exist and continue on. But no, the only real supervision is annually the court um, reviews an accounting. Basically, everyone files the accounting that's been spent. And then um, the court-appointed counsel, Brittany's attorney, um, can object if he sees any irregularities in the accounting, assuming that he wants to rock the boat in any way, shape, or form. But um, that's really the only kind of like major oversight and review of the conservatorship itself. So I, I was under the impression, wrongly, that the court had some authority to do something about it that every year we would review you know the status of the conservatee and whether or not they were capable of um ending the conservatorship but no the, the court has the court has no authority to do anything unless requested so and the person to make that request is Brittany herself but through her court appointed counsel and so her court appointed counsel has a duty, an ethical obligation to advocate for her, to advise her of her rights. And if she's been as upset with the situation, with the arrangement that we heard her discuss last week, it was up to the attorney to tell her, well, let's file a petition to modify. Let's file a petition to terminate. You know, I don't have any insight whatsoever into Britney Spears' mental health, into what's going on with her medically which would or would not require a conservatorship to be in place. However, I think we all know that if she's able to work, she's able to, you know, have these uh, Las Vegas residencies and be able to be on TV and do, do all the things that she was able to do while under conservatorship, that she's likely not, it's not necessary for her to, ha to have, to be conserved. So, which I know is common sense, and people have been saying that for quite some time. But um, I do have to say that I don't know what her mental health diagnoses are. Um, if any, well, 
she definitely has some diagnoses. I don't know if they're they're valid or accurate or anything. I don't know anything about her personal medical history. But um, the purpose of, well, in a conservatorship, they have to prove by clear and convincing evidence that this is the least restrictive situation possible. And there are so many other ways to protect her without having such a restrictive conservatorship in place. Even if she was susceptible to undue influence, meaning someone could get to her and, you know, take her money or those sorts of things. You could have just a conservator of the estate, someone who's going to manage her financial affairs and enter into her business dealings. That seems reasonable. You can also, there are other arrangements like a advanced healthcare directive that would protect her um, medical rights. I mean, there's so many, th- or medical decisions. There are other options to protect her and keep her safe without completely stripping her of all of her autonomy. And on that point, I had done some additional research about conservatorships in California law, um, because again, (laughs) not an area that I practice in, but I have spoken with um, a friend, actually someone I met through Legally 40-ish, who has you know, giving me some insight on the process and on the law and who works specifically in this area of law and in that same courthouse even. And we were discussing the conservatee's rights. So when you become conserved, like you don't lose all of your rights. You still have, you have the ability to control your own salary. You retain your personal rights, such as receiving visitors, getting telephone calls, personal mail, You can even still get married when you are under a conservatorship. So the fact that from what we heard based on her testimony last week, that a lot of those things have been taken from her and those rights, those personal rights have been restricted. That's not allowed. She still has these rights. And the only person who could be helping her here is her court appointed attorney. He should be doing something to stop this uh, like total control over um, all areas of her life. Like they, the, he could file something with the court, get into the in front of the judge, and let the judge know what's going on, and ask the judge to make an order to allow her to be able to get married, to drive in her boyfriend's car, to she shouldn't have basically forced sterilization by having an IUD uh, without her consent. I mean, all of these things can be addressed by the court if they were brought to the judge for the judge to rule on and that's what i think the biggest thing i really want people to understand is that i see a lot of tweets or comments and things about the judge and the courts and it's like the judge's hands are tied our the judge doesn't is not like a dictator or a ruler the judge will make decisions based on the law when something is brought to her in her courtroom by way of a formal petition or something like that. And and that's was something I didn't understand when Brittany was at court last week. People were disappointed to learn that after she spoke, nothing changed. But the fact of the matter is, is that there was nothing in front of the judge for the judge to make a decision on. I guess as soon as the, Brittany was finished, uh, finished testifying, the judge asked her court-appointed attorney, have you filed a petition to terminate the conservatorship? And he said, I have not been instructed to do so. Well, uh, maybe no one has said those words to you. Maybe she hasn't told you that exact terminology because she doesn't know it, but it's not 
her job to know it. It's your job to advise her what her rights are when she is displeased with the situation. And so um, I think it's wild that you have an attorney who, I mean, that's his response to the judge. It's clear. I think we all heard she doesn't want this conservatorship in place anymore. And his response is that he has not been instructed to do so. I mean, if that's not a crock of shit, I don't know what is. And after the hearing and after, as actually, I think it was Thursday or Friday, I think Friday, um, some on Twitter, some of Sam Ingham's emails were leaked, which show that he has been his fees. So um, fees have to be approved by the court. And back in like 2008, 2009, when this was first established, um, he filed his fee request with the court and it was approved that he could earn up to $10,000 a week as Brittany's court appointed attorney. So that's $40,000 a month since 2008. Here we are in 2021. So it really seems as if his $10,000 a week salary is the reason why he has not made any moves to modify or terminate the conservatorship. And it's very hard to believe that Brittany has not voiced her concern, her disdain, her complete objection to the entire uh, situation and the entire arrangement um, until recently. I, I mean, I can't believe that she hasn't said it before last week. So uh, I think that the fact that everyone's making so much money on this is the reason why it still exists. And so to kind of sum up everything that was just said, um, essentially, this conservatorship was established based on a mental examination that took place 13 years ago. No additional 730 exam has been conducted or presented to the court. There's been no modification of the conservatorship. There's been no petition to terminate the conservatorship. Everyone is just having it move forward, move along. Everyone files their accounting every year, gets their fees approved. And so long as everyone is getting paid, there's really not much incentive for anyone to end the conservatorship. So we can only hope that now that Brittany's spoken publicly, there will be some pressure on her court-appointed attorney to file the petition to end the conservatorship. And so far, as of today, which is Monday, June 28th, I have not seen on the court docket a petition to terminate the conservatorship. Um, anyone can follow along with the court docket. You just go to lacourt.org. You go to the probate section and you can search for the case number. Um, it's all public record. And by public record, I mean, you'll see... It will probably look like a foreign language, but um, the case number is BP108870. And you can just see a register of actions of what's going on or what's even been filed, what hearings have been heard over the past 13 years. But until then, Brittany remains in this conservatorship. And until someone's willing to listen to her and um, advocate on her behalf... The court is, has no ability to make any changes to the current conservatorship. So I hope this was helpful. I hope it wasn't too long-winded. 
and wasn't incredibly boring. It's not exactly easy to talk to yourself um, for 20 minutes, but we'll be back hopefully to our regular scheduled programming next week. Natasha's on the East Coast for a couple weeks, so we'll see what happens next week, but thank you for listening, and um, you know where to find us on Instagram at Legally40ish or on Facebook at Legally40ish. Until next time. Thank you for spending 40-ish minutes of your week with us. We would love to connect with you. So follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legally40ish. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review.